Welcome to Major League Talk, episode 27, the Mike Trout edition. I'm J.D. Johnson, your host, always with the one and only Houdini. Dino, how are we? I'm good, brother. We're a little shorthanded tonight, but we're good. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. You know, I'm warning you guys now, sorry if it sounds a little muffled. I, I currently do not have my computer. I'm doing this off of my phone. But, you know, got to do what we got to do to get the pot in. For sure. Quick question. Do you have a fan on by chance? No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Can you do me a favor and shut the fan off? Oh, God, it's going to get hot in here, but anything for you. Thank you. It's more, right. le- it's more or less for the, for the people. Sure, sure, sure. And that's all that really matters. But last podcast, we started off with just me kind of rambling on a little bit about my thoughts. And I don't know. I kind of enjoyed it. I don't know if you guys did let me know if that was something that was good, maybe good feedback, but I thought maybe we should start, maybe start off the pods with just like kind of big headline news. Um, first I have two topics real quick, like, and this is just going to go by 30 seconds. Netflix. I don't, do you ever watch 13 reasons why I didn't because I didn't believe for what it stood for. All right. It sucked season three. If you're listening out there and you were like, uh, going back and forth, if you should watch it, don't watch it. it. sucks. That's all I wanted to say. But this, Dino, I am so happy about this. It's not even funny. What do you got? They, um, they're making a movie. It's a movie that's coming out in October on one of my favorite shows of all time. You know this. I know you. Uh, the sequel for it or the spinoff for it isn't as good to me. It's good, but it's not as great as the original show. Breaking Bad is getting a movie to find out what happened to good old Jesse Pinkman. Um, this is one of the greatest storylines I've I've heard in in years. Um, I I saw Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul were kind of like teasing this a little bit, but then they went into some sort of liquor business or something like that. Um. But finally, you know, they showed us a little teaser trailer. So th- this is exciting. Yes. What's his skinny peas and thing? I'm like, yes, bro. I'm actually yeah. excited. That made my weekend seeing that news. Yeah. Very excited for it. Now, here's the thing. I got really high expectations for it. Oh, so do I. I really hope it doesn't suck. Yeah. I got really high expectations. But real quick, do you think it? starts off to where he's in the car and he's just going yes and stuff like that and screaming because he finally got away from that cage or whatever and he just drives off and that's the last you see of him is that where like it starts you think or it's like 10 years later i um i'm sure it probably starts there and i'm sure there's a time jump um i think they got they're gonna have to do something with walt i don't know if it's gonna be a flashback or or the reality of like walt's not actually dead um i i think I think a lot of people struggled with season five because like the emotion behind it. So I think they need to clean some stuff up. Yeah, I see that too. But last thing I wanted to say, Halloween Horror Nights just came out with their map and all of their houses. They finally finalized everything. If you don't know what Halloween Horror Nights is, if you're from Florida, you probably know it. It's one of the scariest like little uh, 
haunted houses. It's at Universal Studios in Orlando and Dino. Oh, this is I'm getting my like it now because I saw this. Guess what they are putting in for one of the houses? I believe a Stranger Things one. Stranger Things. Oh no, you don't understand. They're putting a Star Court Mall. Yeah, it's gonna be dope. If there is a Scoops Ahoy, you can guarantee I am getting USS Butterscotch ice cream. Yeah, I, I once again very high expectations. Did you go last year where they had the Stranger Things house? No, and I and I've yet to do a um, horrible. I've yet to do a Halloween Horror Nights, and I think I might do it this year. Yeah, I, I really am definitely going this year. I can't wait for that Stranger Things house. By the way, just to say, I waited five hours for the Stranger Things house last year, and it was the biggest disappointment I've ever seen. It was basically just Demogorgons popping out from closets, and I was not scared at all. It was really dumb. The Michael Myers house, though, last year was definitely the scariest. But they are saying right now the Stranger Things house is you're starting in season two and you make your way into season three. And then when you're done with the house, you just lead right into like a, a Star Court mall, which I'm hoping there's a Scoops Ahoy. I haven't heard there actually is one, but I'm really hoping there is because I'm sure they'd make a lot of money if they're selling USS Butterscotch ice cream. So, yeah. But to start this pot off with talking about sports, let's bounce off the last podcast where we were talking about college football, Gators, Canes, uh, to start off the college football season. That game was a lot closer than people thought. The Hurricanes barely won that game 24 to 21. I mean, I mean, like that. What did you think about that game? I thought Tate Martell was going to come in at some point in the first quarter. And then all of a sudden, like with this, the flip of a switch with a Thanos snap of the fingers, Miami was all of a sudden scoring and stuff. I mean, Miami was winning in the first half. Um, so where do I start here? Um, Felipe Franks did not look as, as crisp as I thought he was going to. Um, I think the swag in, in Miami is off the charts. Um, it, it, it's, it's a long time that you see such a cocky football team that, you know, is never going to compete for a championship. Um, having said that, um, I'm trying to go, I'm trying to go back to the play by play. Okay. Because I need to get this off my chest. Okay. Um, the last six minutes of that game was the worst six minutes of football I have ever seen in my life. Okay. And let me explain why. Okay. And bear with me because this might be painful for some people. Okay. But in six minutes of football, I saw Miami gain positive yards on three plays. Okay. So they, they got the ball down. They got the ball down 24, 20 with eight minutes left in the fourth. Okay. They marched downfield. Um, and then this is where it essentially starts, right? Um, Jaron Williams is sacked by Marlon Dun- Dunlap Jr. for a loss of six yards. Florida ball. Florida ball up 24-20 with four minutes and 20 seconds left in the game. They decide to throw on first down, which is the stupidest, the stupidest play, this play calling I've ever seen in my life. Okay. Um, at this point, Florida was trying to blow the game. Um, he's picked off by Romeo Finley for 19 yards. He took it down to the Florida 25. 
Okay. First play from scrimmage. Keep in mind, I'm going to run you through this scenario. First and 10 at the Florida 25-24-20. Florida. Miami ball. Um, unsportsmanlike conduct after the interception. Okay. Moved him back 15 yards to the Florida 40. Um, KJ Osborne rushed for one yard. Okay. He fumbles. It's somehow recovered by Miami while two Florida players were on top of the football um, penalty on Miami for an illegal chop block 15 yards backs them back up to the Miami 45. So let, let me, let me clarify this real quick. They started on the 25 All right. and, and in two plays, they are back to their own 45 yard line. Okay. I felt like I was watching a Redskins game. Did you see the last six minutes? I saw all the way to the third quarter and I actually just like knocked out on my couch and woke up at two. Okay. Well, smart, <laughs> very smart. Um, so, uh, the, pushed back to the 45 pass complete to DJ Dallas for a loss of one yard. Okay. On second and 26, Jaron Williams is sacked for a loss of 10 yards fumbles. It's once again, recovered by Miami who gained four yards on the play on third and 22 at the Miami 48. There's a delay of game penalty, pushing them back to their own 43 Florida called a timeout. Jaron Williams was sacked again for a loss of seven yards. Okay. And then Jaron Williams's pass was incomplete down, down the left side of the field. Pass interference was called on a fourth and 34 giving Miami a first down. Uh, on the first and 10 at Florida's 49, so right across midfield, Jaron Williams' pass was completed to DJ Dallas for a loss of two yards. The next was incomplete. We're at third and 12. We have another incomplete pass, but we once again have pass interference 15 yards to the Florida 36. Okay, first down, pass complete for the 12 yards, takes it to the Florida 24 for a first down. That's a positive play. I was actually fucking in shock. Um, Second or uh, the next first down pass incomplete. The second and 10 sacked for a loss of two yards, fumbled again, recovered by Miami passing complete passing complete fourth down. They knelt the ball game over. Wow. I missed a lot. No, you didn't. It was a 45 (laughs) minute. It was 45 minutes to play four minutes of football and it was fucking bad football. I mean, you were mentioning DJ Dallas. I mean, all I got to say is he is so fast. Oh, he's <laughs> I don't fast. Think, I, like, I, was, I think the thing I enjoy most about football is, one, I just like – I think it's like incredible on how like huge some of these guys are. And then, two, how fast these guys get down the line. I can't – oh, my – like – the, how they like chase down these guys. I was, I forget who it was. I Dallas had the ball. He was running and he, uh, he was running and some guy in the Gators like caught up to him. And I'm like, and they did the, they did the replay. And I was like, geez, that guy's like a, it's like a freaking a uh, lion or something. I don't even know. But the reason I was mentioning DJ Dallas though, Dean, you asked last podcast on the segment next. Would you punch your teammate in the face if you made a great play and the call was overturned because your teammate was called for holding or something like that? 
Well, that's exactly what happened in the second quarter, I believe. And DJ Dallas, the running back for the Canes, ran like 60 yards. Call was overturned because his teammate, uh, Revan Jordan, the tight end, was called for holding. Do you think DJ Dallas punched Jordan in the face? I don't think he punched him in the face because it happened in the second quarter and that play didn't dictate the game. I believe my question in next was, if you successfully pulled off a trick play and scored and it was brought uh, back because of a hold, then I would punch I him. I don't, yeah, I don't think he would have punched him in the face, but we're talking about a guy that's 5'10", 215 pounds, and the U is, is known for having dominant running backs. You go back to Clinton Portis. Frank Gore, Najee Davenport, um, Willis McGahee, um, you know, all these guys, especially during that era, have been top-notch running backs in the pros. Um, now, I'm not saying that, that he's going to be as good as that. He's not going to have like a – I'm not saying he's going to have a pro career um, that – is going to resemble one of those. I'm just saying he's up there with having some very high upside. Okay. Um, Lamar Miller went there. Duke Johnson went there. Um, I mean, I can go back on this list, but you know, it's, it's some guys that, you know, are are past our time. Um, But all I'm going to say is like, the U has always been known to, to produce some, some pretty damn good running backs. Now, did you happen to – well, you said you fell asleep. But the, the Miami-Arizona game – I'm sorry, Jesus. The, the Arizona – Hawaii. Yeah, Hawaii. Thank you. The my, or, I keep saying Miami. God. The Hawaii-Arizona game, um, I believe, hit the over, first of all. I, th- I think they scored 77 points. I think it was 42-35. So they hit the over. I lost my under bet, and I lost Arizona blowing them out. Let me say this. I love them boys from Hawaii. Okay, they play a, <laughs> I love them. If I could adopt them and call them my sons, I would. Okay, they, they play a different style of football. It's fast-paced. It's, it's aired out. The defenses were absolutely atrocious, so clearly Vegas knew what they were talking about because th- those were the worst two defenses I've seen in football this year, and I've only seen four. But those two right now are, are the worst two in college football, statistically and by the eye test. Um, and after this weekend, they'll still be on my, on my list. Uh, having said that, 42-35 with like six seconds, 10 seconds left or something like that, Ball on like the Hawaii 25, Arizona ball. Uh, they were going for it all. The quarterback stepped up in the pocket, realized he didn't have a play, takes off running down the sideline. This dude gets chased down and is forced to change directions from a D lineman who ran 36 yards to chase him back, and he gets stopped at the one-yard line, and time expired. Okay. Now you want to talk about flashbacks to the Rams Titans Super Bowl back in like 98 or 2000, whenever it was, um, I felt for the kid. It was a, it was a gutsy play. It was a ballsy play and he, he fell three feet short. And, you know, at the end of the play, I watched it again and every single Hawaii player was at the goal line ready 
if he was going to score, he was going to need some help. And, and every single wide receiver from Arizona was behind the defense watching the play. Very, very lackluster effort. If he has one person there to lay a block, Arizona ties the ball game. We're going to the first college football overtime game of the year. So the ending for that was fantastic. If you haven't seen the final play, YouTube the clip. Very exciting, very heartbreaking, a little bit of both. Yeah, I know. I wonder what it's like to even go there to like school. I mean, my buddy just transferred there. Sean, he might be listening to this. He's going to Hawaii. He was at the game. He sent me snaps. and be like, I don't know. I, I, it's pretty cool. But since we're talking football, um, let's move on to Andrew Luck. I mean, obviously, everybody that's listening to this has probably heard the news by now. He retired. He's only 29. He said he doesn't want to rehab anymore. His body can't take it anymore. Dean, I really want to hear your thoughts on this. Um. First of all, him and RG3 came out in the same draft class. We were having the debate the other day. I'll wait till DePalma's here on who has the better career, Andrew Luck or RG3. Many people are going to say Andrew Luck, but RG3 does have two playoff bursts. I know, I know Luck has a couple, but RG3 won Rookie of the Year. Um, it's tough because both of these quarterbacks' careers are, are essentially cut short uh, RG3 is still hanging in there, but I don't know if he'll ever start a game again. Um, if he does, it's because of injuries. I think he might have started one last year because of injuries. But the point that I'm trying to make behind Luck is it's unfortunate. You, you see it in pro athletes sometimes where their bodies are not able to cooperate. And I don't blame him. He's at the point in his career where he tries to come back. He gets his hopes up and his hopes get smashed. I feel for the guy. I really do. I don't think and, – and a very classy move by the Colts, letting him keep his money. But I, 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 if I was an athlete, I don't know how, how annoyed I would be with my body. I think I would be annoyed, but he's only 29. Brady's like 44 and still playing. So I think it's one of those things where I, th- I thought he could have given it another year and just tell yourself, hey, I'm done for this year. I'm going to take the whole year off, train, rehab – and come back next year at 30. I think that would have been the more appropriate thing. I don't think he's done. I really don't think he's done. That's really young. 29. Yeah, I don't think he's done. Um, Now, having said that, big shout out to the Colts fans. You guys are fucking assholes. Okay. That was my next question, because there's kind of been that side of like, hey, you're a dick because you're retiring and Hey, I understand it because it's your body and you don't want to be paralyzed and not be able to run with your kids or play with your kids when you're 40. So there's two sides. Yeah. I mean, I think that booing him was, was the part that bothered me the most. Like this guy has gave, he's given his body to that organization and kind of turned it around. Um, he knew he was going to be the, the number one pick and go there. We've seen quarterbacks in the past. Eli did it or Phillip Rivers did it um, when he said, I don't want to play for the Giants. Uh, you've seen, I think John Elway did it. You know what I mean? Like some, like there are some people that say, I don't want to play here. You know, Kyler Murray didn't do that. He said, I'll go no matter wherever I play. Luck did the same thing. He, he said, if they draft me, I'll be very happy. And he took them from, from, from the Peyton Manning era and kind of brought him back. So to see him get booed because of injury is I, to me a low blow. And I think it's very disrespectful. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree more. For everything he's done for just the franchise, I mean, like, he's been there for a while. I mean, just the, like the last, I, I kind of feel a little bit more, uh, feel sorry more for Andrew Luck for that maybe. I mean, youth don't think it's his last time on the football field, but if it is, like, that's the last thing he remembers is his fans booing him off the field. Like, I just, like, I kind of feel sorry for him. You know what I mean? That's the way I look at it. Yeah, I feel for him. Um, and like I said, just a real, a real shit move from a normally pretty classy organization with loyal fans. Just a shit move. It's not like he just decided, hey, I don't want to do this anymore. He's, it's, it's, I don't want to, I, I, I don't want to put my body through it anymore. I'm mentally and physically exhausted and I can understand that. For sure. But now let's talk a little baseball. It was players weekend where the players get to wear their sick custom cleats, painted bats, custom batting gloves, and of course put their creative nicknames on the back of their jerseys. But before we talk about all the nicknames and the games that we had this weekend, we need to talk about these jerseys, Dean. The home team wore just pure white and the away team wore all black. Personally, I could deal with the black, but the whites had to go. You couldn't even read any lettering on them. It just, it was too generic to me. It was just too of like trying to fit in with this generation. I felt like almost like they thought it looked sick. I think the white, and I just think it came. What what do you think? I thought the, I thought the whites were, were absolutely atrocious. Um, I thought the blacks were kind of sexy. Um, and and the more I watched it, um, the more I I started to fall in love with it, um, especially on the Yanks. And I know I'm being biased here, but Judge looked really good in it. Um, with D- those like cheetah cleats or whatever. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. D- DJ looked really good. I don't. Um, DD looked good. I, I, I can just imagine yeah. what this, I can just imagine what this team would have looked like with Voight and Stanton wearing those. Oh, dude, Tommy Canely in those. Oh my gosh. He, I would never, I wouldn't want to face him if he's wearing that uniform. Did you see yeah. that? Yeah. I mean, threatening in that uniform. Tommy, Tommy Canely might be on my list for guys that I, I wouldn't want to charge them out. Yeah. Crazy. Like he, he he pulled the blacks off, black unis. Yeah, no, hundred percent. But the whites, they gotta go. The 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 white and and the thing that bothered me was on the blacks. The the names were in white. So why weren't the names in black on the whites? Yeah, the only the only thing I had like a problem with the blacks and the the in the white uniforms were just I thought they could have been a little bit more creative. Like say the black uniforms, that was a big like. If they put maybe the stitching on the hats, like say it was the pirates, they, why didn't they put stitching of like yellow around the pirates just to give it a little bit more pop or something? I think it was just too generic. And it was like, same thing with the white, like say the Dodgers, it should have been outlined in Dodger blue. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. I just thought it would have given it a little bit more creativity. I personally, I really didn't like the white. I could have deal. I could have dealt with the black. I mean, the blacks were nice, but the white uniforms I did not like. I will say that. I, I just like I didn't like them. But another note though, the Dodgers and Yankees played and 
originally they asked the commissioner, Rob Manford and MLB, if they could wear their original uniforms for at least one of the games. Obviously, it was in Los Angeles, so the Dodgers wanted to wear their Dodger blue, and the Yankees would have wore their home or their away jerseys, I mean, that just say New York and they're gray. MLB denied them, of course. We haven't seen the games, but were you a little upset that they denied them about that? Um, Because it's no. not every day you get to see the Yanks and the Dodgers. I mean, we may get the chance to see them in October. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but... That was the only thing I had. Like, they don't really go to LA that often. Like, what is it? Every three years, maybe. I, I, something like that. I would have liked to see them wear their natural uniforms because I think both of them have the greatest uniforms. Let me just say that. I thought, I thought for the Sunday night game, it shouldn't, it, it should have been their natural uniforms because it's not every day that you get to see them, and and you're basically relying on that being being seen in October. That's the only thing I wanted to say about that. I forgot to say that earlier. Yeah, but before we uh, talk about the Yankees and Dodgers series, because we're definitely going to get into that, um, I want to talk about the best nicknames for this year's and this player's weekend. Personally, me, I have two. I actually have three. I'll mention the last one last. The first two I have are very similar, I will say. I'm going with it. It just makes me laugh every single time. Shane Bieber's nickname on the back of his jersey, just not Justin. Obviously, Justin Bieber, the singer. His nickname is just not Justin. I think that's hilarious. I, I know you're not a fan of it. And the other one that's very similar that I had is Mike Harkey, a pitching coach for the New York Yankees. His nickname was not CeCe. If you have ever seen Mike Harkey and CeCe Sabathia, they look very similar. Mike Harkey always says that fans always try to hound him for autographs and say, CeCe, can you sign the ball, please, Mr. Sabathia? And he just turns, he says, yeah, sure. And he writes Mike on it and hands it back. But, I mean, I just – I fell in love with those two. And the last one I had was Javier Baez. His was the magician, but in Spanish. But I like that one. Um, mine is a childhood favorite, Emilio Pagan on the Rays. If you've ever seen a, the, the movie A Night at the Roxbury, it's about Emilio Estevez, and it's Emilio. Um, Emilio Pagan asked how many O's – the, he could possibly fit on his on his jersey. They told him four was the max. He wanted around uh, around eight or nine. <laughs> so big shout out to Emilio Pagan. Um, the uh, the other one that I that I really liked was um, oh god, where was it? Um, oh, just it's it's real it's real s- simple. Garrett Cooper on the Marlins. Uh, his nickname is normally Coop, but he added a loop, so he was Koopa Loop. Uh, for some reason, uh, I I love that big Koopa Troopa fan from uh, Mario. So figured Koopa Loopa uh, wasn't bad. I like that one. I like both of them. But in more exciting news, the series out of all of them this Players Weekend, everybody was definitely tuned in for the Yankees and Dodgers playing in L.A. Did we just get a preview, maybe, of this year's World Series? 100%. 100% too. Couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, 1,000%. I, I don't... Bet your money now. These two teams will be in the World Series. Bet yeah. Bet your money in it now. Yeah, I, I, I would. And, and there's a few things I want to talk about the series. First of all, um, one, of the, one of the more competitive series this year that we've seen, um, obviously the Yanks came out swinging 
in in game one. Game two was just an absolute chess match, which if anyone doubts why baseball is the greatest sport alive, it's it's because of what what occurred in the last inning. Um, DD leads off and, and tries to drag bunt against the shift. Right. And he gets ridiculed for it today. And I completely disagree with the with the critics behind this because if it's fair, he's a genius. It goes foul. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, I just but, I, I think it was a genius play. I think it's a heady play. And then when he did it with two strikes, I'm perfectly fine with that too. Yeah, Boone didn't mind it. He said after the game, he was like, "Yeah, who cares? He didn't mind." But what it. I kind of saw a part of it. I, I stepped away from the TV and then I saw a highlight of it. What was the whole thing with Glaber Torres like running, stealing home, and then all of a sudden the umpire yelled time after he like crossed the plate? Okay, so that? that so that plays a disaster. Okay. Um I'm trying to I'm trying to go back to to the exact play. I think it was first and second. Gardner ninth was inning. Yeah, first and second, one out in the ninth with uh, Gliber on second, Gardner on first, Urshela was up. Urshela hit a slow roller to Turner. Gardner got a hell of a jump, beat the throw, and when he slid in, made contact with um, – oh, God. Who's the second Muncie. base? Muncie. thank you. Muncie. Um, made contact with Muncie. Muncie fell. When Muncie fell, Gliber took off to home – was about halfway down the line when Jansen called time and was awarded time by the home plate umpire. So he was more than 50% down the line. Um, now, here's the thing. With an injury, you're going to run into to a few things. One is that play took a few minutes to, to review because they had to review a, a few things. One, did he beat the throw, which he did. Two, did he make contact with... Muncie on purpose or was it just incidental contact of him sliding um if he made contact on purpose it's going to be an automatic double play and 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 both people are out game's over so the the review process took a while but i think they had eventually they did the best thing to rectify the situation gardner beat the throw it was incidental contact he was awarded you know second base properly gliber was uh, was forced to return to third And that's where you had bases loaded, two outs. And, you know, they had Talkman and um, uh, the Kraken up, Sanchez. So they had two shots at it. They didn't score a run. They lost 2-1. And then game three was just another chess match, which was pretty much just a Mike Ford show because he just buried him. I think LeMahieu went yard to lead it off. And then in the top half, Jock Peterson went yard to lead it off. It's just... Like if that's the World Series, baseball fans are in for for quite a treat. Oh yeah, and if you had any doubt about Aaron Judge, wow, he heated up this whole this whole uh, series or the whole like road trip. Basically, he was hot in it at the Athletics place, and now they're playing in Seattle, right? Yeah, they're in Seattle. They play at ten o'clock tonight on ESPN. Yeah, like he's back. It was, you know, he had that injury in the beginning of the season with the oblique, and I think he was still recovering from it. And I think he's finally back now. 
And, you know, I'm sick of hearing all the people, all the critics saying the Yankees aren't hitting uh, good starting pitching. Listen, the Dodgers are easily probably the favorites in the NL to get to the World Series. If you had to pick another team, I'd probably say it was the Braves. Both two teams that have great starting pitching, you could probably even throw the Nas in there with the wild card spot because they're really hot right now. But people saying that the Yankees can't hit good starting pitching when they absolutely shelled Hinju Ru, who's probably going to win. He gave up seven runs. Give me a break. And then you give your like your god in Los Angeles, basically, Clayton Kershaw, shelled him. I mean, and just like you said, the this game two was just kind of just a fight back and forth, wasn't it? I mean, the Yankees were winning, then they tied the game, and then it was two to one, I think. And then you had that whole Glaber situation at the end where they could have even tied the game. I mean, the Yankees were in all of these games. Like, I'm very impressed with this whole series so far. Athletics, people needed to calm down there because I think people started overreacting a little bit like it was the end of the world and they just got swept by the athletics. Listen, nobody wins in that freak of a stadium with all those people hitting drums and blowing whistles. They're, they're crazy fans. It's a huge fan base. They show up for big games. Um, and that was a pretty big game, obviously, to them. I mean, they call it the rivalry. I mean, pretty embarrassing if you ask me if you're an athletic fan. But still, I'm, I, I'm very impressed with this. I, I I was a little panicked during the during the Oakland series, but then I realized that, you know what, Oakland's just a very good baseball team, and they're the most under underappreciated baseball team in the league. And that was, that was my pick to gain ground. And it's unfortunate that the Astros are so good because the a- the A's are nine and a half games back. They're they're nineteen games over five hundred. You know they're a very good club. Um, I, I and it's and it's shocking to me how they still aren't even in the wild card at this moment. Who is? It's the Rays and. Indians. Probably either the Indians or Twins. Yeah. yeah the, fight. Now, here's the thing with Oakland. Oakland hasn't been able to win on the road. They just haven't really been able to win on the road. If you look at best records at home in, in the American League, the Yanks and Astros have 49 wins apiece at home. The A's have 43. So they're the third best team in the American League at home. Now, the Yanks aren't that good on the road. They're 36 and 27. They're yeah, they're 36 and 27 on the road. Um, and I'm sure they'll finish with, with, with at least 45 or 50 wins at home. Or, or, or I'm sorry, 45 or 50 wins on the road. And, and I think I'm lowballing that number. But um, Tampa's really good on the road. Minnesota's really good on the road. Um, you know, Tampa's 42 and 25, Minnesota's 40 and 22, uh, Houston 36 and 31. Okay. But the A's are 31 and 29. Okay. So, uh, you know, what, what we see here in baseball is a lot of teams don't really win on the road. There's, there's two or three teams in the league that are really good at it. And then the rest are just average. I'm really curious to hear maybe what the Dodgers are. Because the Dodgers had that incredible home record too in the beginning, or maybe the first half that we were talking about a few podcasts ago. The Dodgers are fifty-two and eighteen at home and thirty-four and twenty-eight on the road. That's horrible on the road record. I mean, it's not horrible like that. Yeah, I was gonna say it's not horrible if you look at the 
you know, the Orioles, they're 21 and 42 on the road. So that's Miami's 20 and 40, even Miami, 27 and 40 at home, exceeding all expectations. Good for them. (laughs) Which like way over 500. We're like, good for them. Yeah. But which, which keep in mind, they're now the fourth worst team in, in major league baseball ahead of Kansas city, Detroit and Baltimore. Okay. So once again, if you think fucking Jeter hasn't done his job, he's done a damn good job. A very damn good job rebuilding that farm system, and they're only twenty-one and a half games out of the wild card. I think it's going to be a quicker rebuild than a lot of people think. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. I'm so sick of people saying You're like a lot of top prospects. Yeah, I'm sick of people saying like he doesn't know what he's doing. Last year, they finished twenty-seven games out of the wild card. So if you finish. Less than 27 games out of the wild card, you got a shot the next year to keep improving. I think I think the rebuild start the, the rebuild already started, but I don't think this team's that bad. Neither do I. I mean, they went from having the absolute worst farm system in baseball, basically, to having I th- it, it's like isn't it top five? It might be four, the fourth best on MLB pipeline farm system, and it's only been two years. Basically, since they cleaned house, because Giancarlo Stan was two years ago. So, yeah, it's been two years, and they jumped all the way to fourth. It's going to be a very bright future, and I think it's going to be a lot of soon than people in Miami think. And they're not giving, giving really Jeter any credit, because it seems like every Miami fan I run into, it's more of, I hate Jeter, he ruined us. They're not going to be saying that in maybe three or four years, I think. Yeah, no, I don't think I don't think they're... I don't think they're going to be saying that at all. And, and for his sake, I absolutely hope that he's able to shove it down some people's throats. Oh, so do I. But with that, it's time for the fact of the pod. Born on June 8th, 1925 in Chicago, Illinois. Edward Goodell was an American door famous for participating in Major League Baseball games. He was only three foot, seven inches tall and weighed about 65 pounds. His was one eighth. Edward's strike zone was measured only about one and a half inches and reached on base on four straight consecutive balls, which were all high. This was the fact that I was that I was interested in telling you guys. That was just a little bit of a background behind him. Today, Edward's autograph sells more than Babers. Hold on a second. Did you call him a dwarf? That's what the website said. An American I- dwarf. I don't know if midgets like to be called dwarfs. Little person, midget. Um, I don't know. I, we we need I to fat. You? No, you didn't offend me. I'm not a midget. But I th- I think I think we need to fact check what midgets. If you're like out to there, be. I'm sorry. I did not. I did not. Yeah. Yeah. I think we just need to. I think we just need to fact check on on what midgets prefer to be called. However, um, his uniform number being one eighth is amazing. Um, and once again, this all circles back to Simon Birch. Just saying. <laughs> but uh, for the next few pods, we're going to be talking about um, some award check-ins on the season so far. We'll do one per uh, episode. But for now, today... Who do you think is going to be the rookie of the year in the AL and NL based on right now? I'll go first. Your Dondo Alvarez for me is going to be your American League rookie of the year. 
Um, this guy has just been outstanding. I mean, what is it like? He's batting like still like over 330. I mean, the bombs just keep coming. This swing is so sexy. And he's making great plays in the field, too. I mean, I think the Houston Astros have something that is very special that I didn't think a lot of people on their fan base think they had at the time. I think a lot of people were looking more at Kyle Tucker than they were at Alvarez. And, you know, this is a very exciting player. I think Tucker is currently still in the minors, and he was supposed to be the big hot shot. Not saying that he isn't. I'm a big Kyle Tucker fan. But they got themselves something here, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, this is a fun race in the National League. Um, in the American League, if if Alvarez doesn't get it, I might just stop watching baseball. I think he's, I think he's almost a lock. Um, if not a lock already, barring some ridiculous injury or something like that, knock on wood. Um, part of me wants to give it to Pete Alonzo, but after really thinking about it, I, I'm I'm going to give it to Tatis. Um, wow. Just because I think his consistent basis and, and being able to kind of be the, I hate to say it, but he's kind of like the the poster boy for that organization, as many people thought Manny was gonna be, I, I think I'm I'm gonna go with I'm just gonna go with the sleeper here just to say I did, but I'm I'm going to go with Tatis wins it over Alonzo, and I could be wrong. I think I'm wrong because I think Alonzo gets it, but I'm giving it to Tatis. Did you also agree with me, by the way, on your Dondo? You did, right? Yeah, yeah, it's not even it's not even a race. Yeah, right. But I'm giving the National League Rookie of the Year to Mike Sorka. Oh wait, I said that wrong. Sorka, Soraka, Soroka, Soroka. My, my goodness, bro! I'm about to buy you like <laughs> I'm really. I'm really bad at pronouncing names. You know that. I, um, but Jesus. the pitcher for the Atlanta Braves. <laughs> That's right. I, I too do not think Pete Alonso is going to be winning this for the National League Rookie of the Year. And I'll tell you why. Mike Soroka is 10-2 and two with a 2.41 ERA. In my opinion, that will do it. He's been an ace for the Braves. I mean, you know, Michael came in there, who's around today through six innings uh, of shutout ball against the Rockies, something they needed there because he's had more of just a I would say competitive season, but Mike Soroka has been there the whole entire time. I know he hasn't pitched 200 innings like we were talking about out that long ago, but man, he's, I think he's at high one forties. Now he throws one pitch we were talking about, and it's a 95 mile an hour plus sinker that is moving a whole lot. Now I totally agree with you that I do think Pete Alonzo is probably going to win this, especially if he breaks the rookie home run record, which is right now at 52 that's being held by Aaron judge. And the reason I'm not that I'm going to pick him is because he's batting 260 right now. Personally, but like I said, I do think Pete Alonso is probably going to win this most likely, but I had to mention Mike, uh, I had to mention him because I do. He deserves maybe even a consideration for the NL Cy Young that we may talk about in next podcast. Maybe. Yeah. So you were breaking up a lot during that. Oh, I basically said that I don't think Pete Alonso is going to win because I don't think the 260 batting average for me personally is going to cut it. But if he 
breaks the rookie home run record, I just think you have to give it to him, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. And I think my, uh, Mike definitely is going to get a little bit of consideration for the Cy Young, maybe. Yeah, I, I think I, I think, think I don't think he'll win. I don't think, think he'll win. I think he'll get yeah. Yeah, I don't think he wins, but I think there's consideration there. But I, I when was the last time you saw a guy win rookie of the year and Cy Young? Um we would have to fact check it, I'll get back to you. But you know, he's definitely up for consideration for both. Yeah, my only guess would be Roger Clemens, and I don't even I know he didn't do it because I think he was really was he bad in the beginning of his career? Like the first like two seasons, he. I don't he's, know. He's the only guy I'd pick because he has the most Cy Youngs. So yeah, he's the with, only guy I would honestly guess with an asterisk though. Yeah, that is true. But before we wrap up this uh, pod, Dean, what's your final thought? <laughs> Uh, my final thought was was was, and I'm keeping it educational. It's three pods in a row. It is it is a new vocabulary term that I I just found out existed. So technically Wednesday, so today's Monday. Technically Wednesday, you can refer to as over morrow. Over morrow. O v e r m o r r o w, which is referred to as. The day after tomorrow. So, for example, if you and I were going on a vacation on Wednesday, you would say, hey, we're going on vacation over tomorrow, which is the day after tomorrow. Yeah, I, <laughs> that was very interesting, but I did not understand that one. <laughs> that can, well, just play it back. You understand it. It's It's – it's fucking mind blowing. I think I'm going to try to incorporate it in my everyday language. So I have baseball practice over tomorrow, which is not tomorrow. It's the day after tomorrow. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you meant like Wednesday. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like only, you're only allowed to call Wednesday that. I was like, what? No, no, no. The day I'm after tomorrow is referred to as over tomorrow. I'm going to walk up tomorrow and be like, yeah, so over tomorrow, I'm going to be doing that. <laughs> right. Like, like, what? You know what I mean? Like, tomorrow's Tuesday, so you can be like, hey, we're filming the next podcast over tomorrow. Yeah. If you're listening to this, let's start that trend. That way we know where it started from. Yeah, let's start a revolution here. Exactly. And next time before we start the podcast, too, it's not going to be one of those like little JD thoughts that we were doing in the beginning. But I have something – I have one question that I can't wait for Deepaw and you to answer because it is blowing my mind. But I wanted to wait for Thursday to ask it because I think it's going to take a while because I just don't understand it when I heard this. It's kind of, I, will give it, I will give a hint. It's kind of like is water wet, the whole deal with that, but it's not that question. Water is so not wet. Is. I agree with you. Okay. I'm just saying like water – Water can't necessarily be wet because you cannot classify yourself as wet until you come out of the water. Exactly. People always say that if you're under, if you're in a pool and you're underwater, 
you're not wet currently. When you get out of the pool, you're wet. If you put you're your wet. finger out of the water, your finger is wet, but your body, your whole body is not wet. I completely agree. That is why your hair just kind of floats there. And then when you kind of go out of the water, it comes down because now your hair is wet. Exactly. But it's kind of like that, but it hasn't, but it's not the whole is water wet question. But make sure to follow us on social media on Twitter and Facebook at JD with sports and on Instagram at JD with sports.co. Dina, now you got anything else for us? See ya. Follow me into the jungle.